Learner Crystals is track number 6 on Visuals, Muse 7th studio album from 2017. The song was produced by Mew, it was recorded in Copenhagen and released on the indie label Play It Again Sam. The saxophone is played by Marius Nesset. Learner Crystals is number 63 in the Fringers survey. Hi, this is Jonas from Mew and uh, you're listening to the Mew X podcast. Hey, and welcome back to yet another episode of the MUX Podcast. Today, I've brought the usual crew, and Hello. Kier. Hey. And Arva. Hello. So due to some uh, scheduling problems here, we're trying to get two guests on uh, the next episode we're recording. Uh, we uh, we had to move it, and uh, now we're um, impromptu uh, finding another song to cover. So, because we we haven't actually we hadn't actually planned any guests for this one, I uh, I've uh, made us a, a little surprise, guys. Um, I've done a little shout out on our Discord where all our guests have uh, been, and uh, to see if uh, any of our old guests wanted to to join us, and uh, Nico and Joey has decided to join us. Hey. Hello. How's it going? I've um, I've not told them what song we're covering today. So today's song is drum roll. Learn our crystals from visuals. Huh. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Nico, what's your thoughts? <sighs> Learn our crystals. Um it's not one that I like listen to like a lot from visuals, but I I do quite like it. And Joey? Uh, it's I kind of in the same boat. Like, it's a good song. It's one of my favorites off that album, but I don't really listen to that album all that much. Yeah, I mean, I like I I do listen to it. Um, like when I listen to the album, I go through like the whole um track list. But uh, it's like I do like it, but it's not one of my favorites from the album personally. Hmm. All right. What about you, Kier? Oh, I love it. It's probably my second favorite from the album, personally. Same. And Anne? I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I I feel (laughs) like it could be better than it is. Like, it's got potential to be better. I think the music is really good. I think the lyrics are a little bit wishy-washy, but I think it's got potential to be something awesome, but it is not delivering. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad I have at least one ally here in in UN. Um, <laughs> I had some hope for Nico there for a second, but um, <laughs> then you said you liked it, and uh, you're a hater. I, I, I find it. I I don't know if I hate it, but I, I just I'm a bit <laughs> indifferent to it. Yeah, doesn't uh, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to challenge me. Yeah. It, like it's it seems like it's just going in. Um, it's a bit of an idle song, and then there's a bit of a, a saxophone part mm-hmm. that's a bit jazzy, but it doesn't. It's amazing. I don't know that part doesn't really. Doesn't sound very Mew to me. Yeah, fair in, enough. In the way that like the weird songs usually are very Mew. So I don't know. Uh, you you guys might have to uh, see if you can turn me around on this one. <laughs> we'll give it a try. I'm surprised you put it that high actually on this album. Compare like I I, I have many other tracks I find a mo- lot more interesting on this album. So so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on on why that is. What's your favorite on it, Kier? 
Oh, I think for me it's 85 videos is my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then this is second. Yeah. Then probably Carry Me to Safety. And yeah, I could go on forever. But the second half of the album I definitely prefer over the first half. Right, yeah. Because for me yeah. it's uh, I, 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 it's number one and Learner Christmas number two. And the rest comes after that. <laughs> Luis. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I just love that because, you know, Learner Christmas comes after I, I, I. So, so good two punch there yeah um, yeah so the thing with this song is it's um it's never been played live just a few days after recording this episode you actually premiered this song live in turkey finland during the first show for three years and here's how it sounded had this experience when i was on kxp with uh dj shannon when we were doing their sort of like uh, guest dj spot hmm. we had this q a session that the facebook friendgers group had set up where everybody had a chance to submit a question and somebody had asked Jonas what his favorite mew song was and learn our crystals was one of the ones he mentioned so we do have some questions that ann here who uh she guest DJ'd a couple years ago, the last time uh, we were waiting for you to come to town. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. She compiled this list from the Facebook fan group. All right. And so let's see, what should I start out with? What is your favorite, your number one Mew song? Oh, that's so hard. It changes <laughs> every day. Um, sure. I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously most excited about the newer stuff, um, because it's new, you know. Um, so I would probably say something like uh, "Learn Our Crystals" or um, "In a Better Place," maybe. That guy's got immaculate taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's weird. He picks very strange songs as the ones he prefers. I yeah. yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe because they are strange. I always seem to agree with him for some reason. It's like uh, Sydney Rain, A Dark Design, Lerner Crystals. Yeah. yeah. He loves uh -huh. those songs. I love them as well. No one yeah, else does. Same. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Seething Rain is just amazing. Yes. Yeah, I love Seething Rain. Woohoo! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> love it. Validation. Mm hmm. Finally, some validation for that song. It's my favorite song <laughs> of all time. Same. Awesome. Okay, so 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 give me the breakdown here. Um, what is it that makes this song great? Let's start with you, Joey. Well, the lyrics are nice. They have uh, visuals, pun intended, and <laughs> you know, it's got a kind of floating feeling to it, like a the rubber ball bouncing, but not in a but like in a dreamy kind of way. Is there like uh, an image that comes to mind when you're listening to this song? Considering it's from visuals, um, 
because I know you're you're a bit of a visual guy, right? You you do some uh, some painting, I know, from uh, following you on Instagram and all the, all that on social media generally. Awesome paintings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of personal things in there too. A lot of relevant things in my life that I definitely visualize, but it's interesting. It just the things that I would see are not they're, they're more abstract. It's like um watching the the rainbow form of a bubble like you ever blow a bubble and it's floating and you see the the green and the pink mm. from the um mm. varying uh, yeah. thickness of the mm-hmm. the surface of the bubble yeah it's like swirling and then i can see like yeah. black oh yeah behind it like just pure black it's like it's a bubble floating in darkness that's so cool yeah what about you nico what makes this song so great I think person personally, like the, I think it's something to do with like the the second chorus, like specifically how it's different from the first one because the first one has sort of like a do 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 drum beat, um, but the but the second one sort of starts off with like do 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 like in little bursts, if that makes sense. Yeah, that beat change is is awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of have like that that image of like, um, sort of like colorful smoke or light bursting in, like against a dark background. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Sweet. And Kier, uh, maybe you give us our um, your breakdown here. Yeah. Um, so as I said, this is probably my second favorite song from uh, Visuals. I I still like 85 videos more, but generally speaking, I think there's a lot more going on in this song, uh, for sure. Uh, it's I, it it goes places. It's the image it conjures up for me when I think of it is the Caribbean, especially during that um, instrumentation at the end. It's like hmm. I think it's Muse's most danceable song uh, with those beats, the rhythm changes, and stuff like that. Uh, the drumming has a lot of swing in it as well, and it's just, I don't know, it makes me really, really, really happy. Yes, same. Uh, the synth as well, I mean, some might say they're a bit cheesy, but I, I really enjoy them. Uh, I think the reason why it probably feels a bit strange as a Muse song generally is due to the instrumentation used. Like, um, you know, you've got a lot of uh, brass and woodwind in here compared to their other songs. Um, but yeah, it's... I think structurally it's just really, really tight and well written. And the melodies in general, throughout there's so many melodies in this song. Um, it's like an ever-evolving thing right up until the end. With minor changes here and there, but that, I think that's what makes the song so interesting to me. Like, it's the songs that I love from New are the ones where I can't really guess where they're going to go. And this mm. is how I feel about this song. Especially with the outro at the end as well, with the, um, you know... The very twinkly, uh, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but there's like a really twinkly kind of synthy piano thingy uh, with the heavy bass. It, it, just the way it drops into that as well is just really cool. Um, but yeah, I love this song. It, it, it's very interesting. <laughs> song just makes me so happy like you said uh, Kira, i wanted to add to that because 
this is just like a song that I could put on it to bring myself in the, in a good mood. It's always so. Mm. I I actually like to listen to this when I wake up in the morning, and uh, just to get the day started and stuff. It just I love the saxophone and the the beats, the drumming. Ugh. Yeah, it's so, good. so interesting you say that as well because I think with the structure of the song, how it starts quite um, low key, yeah, um, almost like helping you wake up before it gets <laughs> into the, like the big brightness, like mm. once you open the curtains and all the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm. I, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, me and Anne, we're in the uh, the song is a bit doll camp, so I don't know if we have much to say here or oh, Anne. Yeah, well, I like. The- what Kira's saying about the instrumentation is it's spot on. Like it's a really upbeat, danceable, happy sounding song. And I totally agree with that. I just don't think it's like Muse finest, that's all. That's uh, fair. Oh, but you still like it, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't mind it, but no. like I it wasn't it's not one that I would pick. If I were gonna choose a Muse song to listen to for any particular reason, like to wake up in the morning, etc., this is not what I would choose. All right. I have to be honest with this one. I think when I first heard it on visuals, it was the one that I kind of felt was a bit like a nothing song at first. Yeah, same. But the more once mm. I put it on with like headphones and I listened to it more and more, I was like, ah, there's so much going on here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just grown on me so much. Yes, at first I felt like there was maybe the weakest song on the album because it reminded mm. me a little bit of um, I think it was just the the opening, the way he sings "A Wire or Watch Out." It kind of reminded me of one of my least favorite Muse songs, "Interview the Girls," <laughs> and uh, that's oh, controversial yeah. opinion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, pr- I'm prone to like it more than I did, but yeah, I'll get into that when we do, do that song. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, I just felt like it was. Hmm, I, I wasn't really sure about uh, how it sounded at first, but it, for some reason, just grew on me and. It's just undeniable, the whole vibe of the songs. I just couldn't resist it after a while. So, yeah, mm. just love it so much now. I like what you're saying about, like, the morning wake-up routine. I, I can, I'm having it running on repeat here on very low volume whilst we speak. And I can see it. I can hear it. I'm not see it, maybe, but hear it. Yeah. Like, how it's, it can jam your awake, sort of. Yeah. Yes. It's got energy, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wanted to add to what uh, Joe said as well with the you know the what he sees in it. I, I just see a lot of colors. I don't I don't see anything specific, but I see just a bunch of you know red, yellow, green, you know, bright colors when I yeah, listen to yeah. the song. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a very carnival. purpley. I think that might come from the crystals part. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just get Caribbean. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see myself at a restaurant where they've moved all the tables to the side uh, with the, you know, the instrumental and everyone's just there dancing and it's like yeah. bright. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> yes, it's like a Caribbean carnival or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Am I, and this might be for you, is this a bit of a symmetry on the album? Like, is this a bit of a skip? Symmetry is not a skip. Um, I I would say for me maybe like I don't actually skip it, but I can see how somebody might. Um, but I also have a sort of bias against the way that some of the lyrics are written and what they can, um, what they come up with in my head, like what I'm thinking about, and so I'll explain that in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, Odvai, you were. You're a symmetry diehard as well, or, no, or no. How, how should I understand that? No, I'm not a symmetry diehard. I, I just, because I actually used to skip symmetry, but 
now I I love it so. But yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, I like it. yeah, because symmetry yeah. is like I I just don't like how it comes in after Snow Brigade. You know, it's it feels so dull. You know how mm-hmm. it comes in after that high energy song. But yep. this song is high energy. It's it's not a it's not a lull in the on the album. It's like one of those highlights for me. So I don't I don't see how that could be like a symmetry or like a dull moment on the album because it's so. What song comes and... after this one again? Twist oh, Quest. Twist Quest, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It's between I.I.I. and Twist Quest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good lead-in. Because, I, mm-hmm. again, this album, I feel like there's a distinction between the first half and the second mm-hmm. half. And yeah. I feel like this is almost the bridge. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Let's uh, move into the song title here. Learn Our Crystals. What, what do you think is going on here? Like, why is it named Learn Our Crystals? I know you, Anne, I usually have a really good uh, reply to this, so I'll take you last. Um, right. Let's just uh, mix it up a bit and uh, start with you, Nico. Do you have any mm. any clues here? Hmm. Or maybe you need some time to think on that, and then I'll let Joey give his uh, yeah, I might need a bit of shoot time. from the hip. <laughs> um, I mean, immediately I think of like the crystal energy type uh, thing. Like um, piezoelectricity is, if you squeeze certain kinds of um, rock crystals, you can actually make electricity with a rock. So that's where some of the imagery comes from in my head. I don't know why it translates to bubbles, but (laughs) (laughs) But there's also, of course, you know, a lot of people are into the spiritual aspect of stones, too. So I don't know if that has any influence on it. Do we know anything about stones here? Does any of us know anything about crystals and stone collecting and that sort? No, of, I know uh, a spiritual... few people who do it, but no. <laughs> um, this is where my bias comes in because I'm a Reiki practitioner. And so I kind of follow these sort of new age, hippy dippy, woo woo sort of circles that are <laughs> a little bit too far in that direction for my tastes and you get into these sort of like manic pixie dream girl type of shit i'm gonna say it like that because i cannot stand that and that's what that reminds me of is just people in the wellness community who like go so far off the deep end in that direction that it just like grates on my nerves (laughs) people and by people i mean new age hippies first celebs next and then everyone else at Starbucks after that are very into crystals. So I might just not be very familiar with this crowd. Um, can you elaborate a bit more? They make me weak at the knees. So, uh, there. okay, so a lot of people believe that certain stones have certain energy signatures and they can um, help you heal your body and mind in different ways be- based on the frequency that the stone can produce or be channeled through and crystals in particular are known for their properties in being able to channel energy and lots of people will like in do this with their practices like if you're doing reiki or any kind of body work um, you put crystals on your different chakras different colored crystals different colored stones to enhance the healing properties but like I, I just do not connect with it in that way, but other people do, and they, like, make a big deal out of it. So, I mean, to each their own, but, yeah, that's why. It's it's learning the frequency of each rock and what it can do in aiding your healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah, I've always uh, thought of it the the title in the same way. Like I always get the same connection about you know the spiritual side of crystals, but I've never figured it out compared to the lyrics or anything. So I just figured it's got something to do with that. But I don't know. I don't know what learn our crystals mean. Like what the, does that mean to learn your crystals? I guess it could be about learning the practice um, that Anne yeah. was talking about. Yeah, maybe yeah. Or finding that frequency. Mm-hmm. I've just, I've just been like thinking about it, and like um, I can only pair with like one ly- lyric, like the first line of the chorus: "Show me how life can be," and that sort yeah. of brings up an image of like a crystal ball and someone oh, trying to like yeah. see the future. Interesting. But That's true. other than that, I'm not entirely sure. That's a good oh, that's point. interesting. And a crystal ball is kind of round like a bubble. Aha. I'll remember that the next time I look into a bubble. Yeah. But and uh, I feel like we should just go into the lyrics, so take it away. Oh A wire? Oh, watch out. Hours away sounded like something you would say. We tend to walk a tight rope. Oh, two appear in brilliant teen, and I am grateful you would think of me. A wire. Oh, watch out. Save all the bees. Close your eyes, slung haphazardly upon the bed to dream. Even when you are right, you are wrong. It don't matter, don't matter to me. Even when you are right, you were wrong. It don't matter, don't matter to me. Show me how life can be. Entrust the key. Hold on, you'll soon regret. A wire, oh watch out. Whole body weight slowing you down, disintegrate. And I don't know what that means. Oh, what's my name compared to your assemblage of me? You would drink stars and raise a glass to me. Even when you were right, you were wrong. It don't matter, don't matter to me. Even when you were right, you were wrong. Don't matter, don't matter to me. Show me how life can be. Entrust the key. Hold on, you'll soon regret. Change my heart. Whirl to start. Change my heart. Learn to start somewhere. Joey, what's going on in this song? If we're um, going to look at the surface level, what what's going on? That's tricky because, I mean, there are certain things that make me think of climate change, just like walking a tightrope and then the next verse is save all the bees. Um, mm. But obviously that's not what the song is about. So there must be a sort Why of... Not? Huh? Hmm. Ooh, maybe. Why not? Well, well could be. I never thought. <laughs> maybe I should ask a more like generally open question. Like, when you've listened to it in the past without digging into it, what mm-hmm. have you? What What's your general thought that like what What's going on in the song for you? What is it you had latch on to, so to speak? Well, I guess when I first listened to it, a couple of lyrics stuck out to me the most. Like, show me how life can be, and particularly things like change my heart and even when you were right you were wrong it is a relationshipy sounding song and maybe on the surface it's sort of like what can be and we're depending on like where we are now 
And Nico, what do you latch on to when you listen to this one? There's some lyrics that stand out to me that sort of have a common theme of like um, how you see others or how others see you. So like self-image, like um, O2 appear in Brilliant Teen and I'm grateful you would think of me. Yeah. And um, oh, what's my name compared to your assemblage of me? Hmm. So, but yeah, there's there's other things that make me think it's probably not just that. Um, but those are the ones that like stand out to me. In particular and Kier? uh on a surface level i think the things that stand out to me are to be honest like i've never had any idea what this song was about in any capacity whatsoever <laughs> i do like just some of the phrasing used um like some of the word usage as well like assemblage of me is i just think that's a really interesting that jumps out at me quite a bit um even when you were right you were wrong it, i don't know why but that kind of like makes me think of mika a little bit um with let me do the talking now that i'm here you'll mm. steal all the attention anyway i don't know why my brain just kind of links those lyrics together for some reason can't say why i don't think there's any actual connection it just makes me think about that yeah um I I mean since it's a visual song I always tend to you know think of Bo when I uh, see if it's anything to do with him. Mm. Uh, if you read the first four lines, I think yeah it might be about Bo. You know, yeah. a wire or watch out hours away sound like something you would say. We tend to walk a tightrope, like maybe something about the you know the strained relationship or something. Mm. But the rest of the song doesn't feel like it's about Bo in any way, so I don't think so. It might be one of the few songs on the album that's not about him. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but I've, to me, the, I don't know anything about the lyrics. I try to figure them out. I know that I love how they sound and, and don't love the words and how it sings. He sings a wire or watch out. I never figured out what he was actually singing until I read the lyrics. And, you know, oh, to appear in Brilliantine. I said, what's Brilliantine? Isn't that like something like hair gel or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, what do you mean by... I tried to Google Translate that, and I just got brilliant. brilliant. Right, yeah. So, okay. I, I looked it up, and, and this is the definition I got. It's a hair grooming product intended to soften men's hair, including beards and mustaches, and give it a glossy, well-groomed appearance. Okay, right. Okay. Candy pieces all smeared out also reference hair gel in its lyrics. <laughs> yeah. You your hair. I've just looked up Brilliantine, and there's another um, definition from Google from the yeah. US, apparently. It's a shiny dress fabric made from mm. cotton, mohair, or cotton and worsted, whatever that is. Okay, so that's probably more likely to be that in this case. To yeah, appear so in it's, yeah. it's a shiny fabric or a shiny um, hair gel. Right, okay. okay the eyes uh, tend to groom their hair. Yeah, well, they, they're known for their flowy locks in me so maybe they've used brilliantine yeah <laughs> I, don't know. I mean they all had mustaches on the eggs right <laughs> yeah well yeah did they all have just bow right i don't remember yeah i think it's just bow but yeah they've back in you know the kites days they used to have like really long hair and yeah yeah but i don't know if brilliant is maybe more like uh is it brill cream that you 
The, yeah, exactly. It's like really, really shiny. You can definitely tell somebody's using it. So it's like a like a sixties gentleman kind of yeah hair gel kind of thing. Yeah, huh. yeah. It's very interesting. I chose to use that word, uh, even if whether it's you know talking about hair stuff or you know a fabric or it's. I'm guessing it's a fabric. Um, um, but yeah, and also like really like. Um, how it sings, uh, you would drink stars and raise a glass to me. I just like that. I don't know what it means about that, but that one, that's also one of the lines that stand out to me in the song. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about the lyrics so far, at least. Is it just me that starts thinking there's a bit of a 60s vibe in the song then with all the saxophone and brilliantine in there? Kind of. I was actually just... I think so. Yeah. I was just about to mention it makes randomly, just completely randomly popped in my head. Like it seems like it's the transition from '60s hippie stuff to like disco. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, it definitely has a retro vibe. Sparkling dresses, mustaches everywhere. Yeah, it definitely has that feel. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Mm-hmm. I can see when the disco comes in. That's um, yeah, yeah. What I've seen in here is that this narrator in this uh, story has somebody in his life who is like this nature-loving, new-age, hippy-dippy type, like manic pixie dream girl, like I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And this person sees like the greatest potential in people and holds this person, like this uh, narrator person, in really high regard. Uh, But the narrator has absent-mindedness, apathy, impatience, and stubbornness, and that's keeping him from living a full life like the other person does. And he wants to learn from this person, Mm -hmm. but is putting all the onus on the other person to do the hard work of changing him into a better person. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Very relatable. (laughs) Could we call this other person Crystal? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Call it Crystal. Call it, yeah, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this song is attacking me. I swear I've been in that exact situation. <laughs> I've grown since then, but my lord, that's yeah. That read that hit me a little bit. Anne. <laughs> we need story time here. Oh no, it's nothing interesting. <laughs> oh, you say that? <laughs> just me. Have you ever seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? Yeah, let's yeah. just yeah. say that That's... I lived that shit, and it was really embarrassing for me. Oh. <laughs> when someone that... told me to watch that movie, I was like, "Oh dear." Cure. <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking about when I was writing this. Oh really? <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's very relatable, right? I mean, I feel like most people can relate to that sentiment in a way. We all, you know, yeah. done stuff yeah. uh, that we kind of regret or something in a in a relationship or whatever. Yeah. So I guess what we could look at is um, what's going on sort of between the lines. We've kind of touched that there's a bit of a, touched upon the idea of a 60s, maybe 70s theme, or some sort of crossover. Generally, we find that there's always two sides of this coin. Um, like there's there's double meanings in, in everything. Do we find anything like that? Has any of you noticed that? And that's an f- open question to all of you. If we go the tinfoil hat route, you could say that um, this crystal is kind of like, you know, what Anne was saying about the manic pixie dream curl type person, you know, save the bees. I mean, saving the bees is mm-hmm. important, of course, but, you know, the stereotypical um, 
you know, haphazardly um, being right and wrong at the same time, like just appearing in Brilliantine. I don't think Brilliantine is picked specifically because of a thing, whether it's for mustaches or for dresses. I think, like, you could easily, tra like, transpose that for brilliance, appearing in brilliance, appearing yeah. in light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And showing so, your best side, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that self-image thing that one of you guys mentioned earlier. Yeah. I often read that line about you would drink stars and raise a glass to me as, like, Jonas looking at his adoring fans, you know, mm. who yeah. put him up on a pedestal. Like, oh, you're the the most amazing person ever. But he's like, no, I'm just a guy. Yeah. You guys don't know. I'm just a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah, because we just see him for his talent, you know, but he he mm -hmm. sees all his flaws. So that's, yeah. you know, that's normal, you know, for a unknown person who has fans. The fans just want to see the positives, but we don't see right. all the things he, you know, that person goes through in their lives. And yeah, that's not important to us in a way. Yeah. This couldn't be about us, could it? Maybe, Maybe that verse, that yeah. section. I've yeah. always had that sort of feeling about... Oh. Maybe not necessarily just his fans, but any person who looks at him and, and thinks he's amazing. He's like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also, you know, kind of the theme of Kermit is safety, right? It talks about the, you know, performing in front of a big crowd, but it's like, it's, he doesn't know how to actually do it. He's, he's struggling with the demands um, of the fans, maybe. I don't know if that's... Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Touched yeah. upon that a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's that line in Candy Pieces where he's like, there's two versions of me. One Googles itself and mm -hmm. the other one lives free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Lyric. That definitely <laughs> stuck out to me when I listened to that one. Yeah. 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 So I guess, yeah, we see, we see, uh, we have a red thread throughout the, the album, I feel like, lyrically at least. Uh, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's very Palace Players level as well. When we just start looking at it as this is Jonas putting words on paper and often that's about himself in some light right in, on some in yeah. some view he's looking at himself in some way yeah. or some situation mm -hmm. right that's how you could read it mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's kind of how art is you're filtering yourself like even the most bare bones machinist illustration books they're still your touch mm -hmm. no matter how refined you think you've made it for how to take apart a combustion engine like i don't know it could be um yeah it, i guess if we reflect it to candy pieces all smeared out it sort of is the self looking at the self through the self's eyes and through the audience's eyes yeah i feel like the whole album of visuals it feels like the most personal album they've released you know at least in if you think of Jonas and his lyrics and how it, yeah. you know, you can kind of, if you're wondering something like, we don't know much about his private life, but I feel like everything he wants to share about his private life, you can find it in his lyrics. The rest is irrelevant. We don't need to know that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree when you say that these are like, in terms of lyrics, like on the surface, it's, Jonas putting a lot more out than he usually would. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole meta level of um, 
the band just writing about trying to perform music and like trying to write material, mm. which has kind of been a theme since No More Stories. Uh, if mm. you are to to believe yeah. uh, our wild theories of uh, of recent episodes, because um, I I now can't help but but read that a wire or watch out right hours away. So in the first part of the song they see the wire coming that they're going to trip very soon and not like the next line sounded like something you would say like there's some distrust there that like having a wire to trip over sounds like something you would say right it's and yet on the next one it's like yeah so you can i don't know i'm starting to get i always like that that read i'm starting to to fall into to that category or that probably only contains me. That is, um, the band is literally talking about themselves uh, at at most uh, occasions, especially on these slightly deeper cuts, um, like uh, the, the songs that are deep cuts on albums. You mean as opposed to like creating a character? Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's part of it, right? That's the Anna and Sammy level. Is the characters created to? sort of um, embody like that's the characters that they project their own ideas onto their um, fears doubts and so on Um, yeah and I think it's really interesting the way he sings a wire a watch out it's like sing songy and almost like sarcastic sounding a wire a watch out you know yeah 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 I got Blink-182 vibes there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it doesn't sound serious at all. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm just reading lyrics now on the second verse, where he sings, I watch out for the second time. And uh, Hmm. it comes into, whole body weight slowing you down, disintegrate. And I don't know what that means. (laughs) I just love how he says, I don't know what that (laughs) means. So that that particular line makes me think of a conversation I had with Jonas about meditation. And he was telling me that he took a a class in transcendental meditation. And in that group setting, he could meditate just fine because everyone around him was doing the same thing. It was easy to get into that sort of mindset. But then when he tried meditating, like outside of that setting, he would get distracted, you know, like if you think about repeater beater, he couldn't get hypnotized. He was too distracted. And Mm. I think this is like this, this crystal person telling him that like his 3d body, his body weight is what's holding him back. So he needs to meditate to disintegrate his ego to get out of that. And he's like, I don't get it. It doesn't work for me. What are you talking about? You know? And that when you've felt that disintegration of ego, I don't know if any of you out, uh, out there have done that, but like when you feel it, it's like nothing else. Like there is no no way of actually describing what that feels like. But when you try to tell somebody else about it, it's like there's no way unless they've experienced it themselves. There's no way to describe it. Right. Okay. So that's what like I think what in tarnation? Yeah. <laughs> like there's an interesting thing that I kind of from listening to you guys talk about this. Like you know we've been talking a lot about like. You know how he views things himself a lot of his own feelings here almost like self-reflection in a way and i just it just makes me think of the title again like crystals are quite reflective in of themselves like is it mm. you know, learning to be more reflective or i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. throwing shit out there <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a good uh, observation i think 
definitely. Because we've talked about, or at least you've brought it up before, and this this idea of meditation, and well, we've also touched upon drug use, I believe, in, in some mm-hmm. of the the other visual songs. So that could very well be a, there could be a, a way they've approached songwriting on this one. They have said that it's kind of they made the visuals first. However, you interpret that. Um, whether through a kaleidoscope or, I guess, doing psychedelics kind of gives you an odd visual experience. Yeah. Yes, it does. And yep. I guess meditation is a, a third way you could, could do that. Mm-hmm. So could that maybe be what's going on in the whole album? Like, is that... Do you think that's the their approach here? Potentially. Hmm. hmm. It could be, yeah. I've, I mean, yeah. I feel maybe they needed something that... As we've talked about before as well, um, they kind of had to make this album and do it quickly. Maybe they were looking for uh, some help to to actually manage to make this album, and maybe they had to, you know, maybe that was a part of why he tried to to meditate and stuff like that. He tried to improve his his life and or do something different because he wasn't in the right mindset. And he felt like, yeah, okay, I'm I had to I have to do this. I'm stressed out because I had all this pressure on me. Last album cost so much money. Now we just have to be efficient and do this. And he, yeah, he just needed to meditate to and breathe and remember, you know, what I'm actually doing here. So that's, yeah. 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 Tr- trying to intervene with your own process of, of creating. Yeah. Is, uh, I guess, was what could be, be seen as. Yeah. Because, I yeah, mean, because, you know, between Normal Stories and Plus Minus, that was six years. And, he felt like we can't, uh, we don't have resources to wait another six years. So we need to do this no matter what. And yeah, to do that, we need to change our ways. And what do we do to change our ways? You, you know, you meditate, you try different new methods. So he was probably yeah. desperate to try anything. Maybe he even tried crystals, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, could be. We've all had desperate times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And that's, again, um, as you know, I'm not a big visuals guy. It's it's just not clicked with me yet. Um, so this idea that as a band you have to kind of, you have to keep creating and you have to keep performing. And that seemed to be a part of the, the theme here, right? Like one, they've lost bow, two... How is that gonna work? Work out? And that was a big theme of "Carry Me to Safety," and that seems to be a, a bit of a running theme throughout the album. Yeah. In the same way that um, on "No More mm-hmm. Stories," there was the is a vaccine is the all about writer's block, and there seems that's like the idea of trying to create all the time because you have to, or you feel like an obligate you you have an obligation to do so. Yeah, it's kind of a, a running theme here, and it just brings me back to what Bo said about like Mew being like this all-encompassing beast when you're mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, yeah, it's band life. Yeah, the the plus side of being in a in a popular band is you know you, you can actually live off of doing what you love to do, but the downside yeah. is yeah. you have all these people that demand that you actually deliver something to them. Yeah. Exactly. And that can be very it's true of any call. creative profession yeah. is having to perform on demand for a client. And in their case, it would be their fans. If you're mm. a visual artist, it would be, you know, the people that want to 
look at your art, want to buy your art. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or commercial art, you're you're creating something for a particular business or, you know, whatever it is, you have to perform on demand. And that is very stressful. And if you're burnt out or if you're tired or uninspired, that is a lot of pressure. Yeah. 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 I hate getting commissions. Like, I love doing my art and I love that people love my art. But, like, somebody puts in a request, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then three weeks later, I'm still like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Yeah. yeah, it's really rough, and and it can make you feel really bad about yourself and about your your ability to create something because you're doing it for somebody else on their terms rather than your own. You're not just yeah. expressing something that needs to come out of yourself. You're fulfilling the need of another person. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I think that must have something to do with, Again, one of the things that I love about Mew is that with every album, they kind of reinvent themselves. Mm. It's almost like saying, no, we're not just going to make and the glass-handed kites and fringes <laughs> yeah. over and over. We're going to do, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the whole question about, like, commitment, like how much time and energy you're going you're gonna to spend into, like, put into, like, making, like, this thing or keeping up, like, this sort of, like, like image that maybe, like, fans or other people might have of you and your work Mm -hmm. and wasn't that also a big part of like the reason that Bo gave when he was asked like why did you leave and um, a lot of it basically boils down to that right he was yeah I think you said it was was it you Anne who said it like he was sick of chasing the, uh, the constant successes yeah and I remember in his book that he put out he says like in one of the first pages he says I'm in a brand not oh, yeah. I'm in a band but you know it could also be like the brand is in Mew is a brand they have their own look and feel and whatnot or I'm in a fire you know right mm. oh yeah the okay yeah it's interesting I never I never thought of Mew as like just some pop band I mean, not, not to ever downgrade other artists, but, you know, like you have the stuff that doesn't really have a lot of deeper meaning to it get really popular. And then you have something like Mew or Interpol or Blonde Redhead, where it's just, well, yeah, they are popular. And it's just weird to me to think, oh, these guys are popular. Hmm. Yeah. Just in my own mind. I wonder if that's any relevance to how that works. It must feel so yeah. weird to be popular in that way, to have fans all over the world and like especially if you didn't grow up with it if you gain success as an adult it must feel so mm. strange kind of out of body experience to have people telling you how much they love your work and stuff and then it must feel very strange and even though it's you know mostly positive it can also be very stressful and yeah as i talked about you know it could be very That's so much pressure yeah like why do you think uh, people who become really, really successful, a lot of them end up having drug and alcohol problems? They got to yeah. deal with that pressure somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're not meant to be gods. No. <laughs> no. Everybody's human. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you put a person on a pedestal, that's very dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we all, yeah, we all have our own problems and issues. I think about that one episode of Black Mirror with Miley Cyrus as the main character that she had like this sort of persona where she had to perform all this pop art like it was like you know not what she wanted to do and she wanted to make her own music but she was basically chained 
to making this crappy music because mm. it was really popular. Yeah. And she it was mm. like the story of her depression and breaking out of that yeah. prison that she was in and being able yeah. to do her own thing. It's very hard. I mean, you know, even within fandoms, you know, people kind of almost deify you know mm-hmm. the members of the band mm-hmm. and that's a lot of pressure for and you know i'm guilty of it as well like you know i remember yeah. the first time i i knew i was gonna like potentially meet Mew, i was like like a giddy child and like <laughs> yeah but in hindsight <laughs> it's like you know uh, it's a bit it's a lot to put on people because yeah. mm-hmm. it's like building an expectation <laughs> of how you know they have to react because you know you hear that all the time where people are like never meet your heroes and, right. stuff, and it's like well, it probably didn't go as badly as you think. They were probably just tired because don't forget yeah. they're just people. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, they had an off day. Therefore, they suck now. <laughs> yeah. Well, just imagine like you had a really, really long, hard day at work. And then somebody comes up to you and needs all of your attention. Like, exactly. you just want to be like, I just want to go to bed. I'm so tired, mm. you guys. Yeah. Mm. Yep. No, no, dance monkey. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just, exactly. You know, that rumor spreads quickly. If one person would have a bad interaction with Jonas, let's say, and that person just spreads that online that Jonas was very rude to him or something. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's oh, very yeah. dangerous. Yeah, and we all know that yeah. he's like one of the friendliest guys, you know, at least in, in, in music that I I know of. So, uh, Same. But, you know, it, it can, you know, just one interaction, you know, can destroy his reputation. So, it, it, you know, it has to always be nice, I feel like, because he if he's mm-hmm. not nice one time, that could destroy a lot of things. Yeah. So, yeah. There's some horrible pressure to have on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. It's too much, man. Yeah. We're all Stan from that Eminem song, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Have you ever seen uh, BoJack Horseman? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. A lot of I've... a lot of those things really pour into uh, Sarah Lynn's character. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah, that's a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was. I just remembered what you were on about there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For anyone who hasn't seen that show, you should watch it. It's really good. But don't don't binge watch it because you'll be very depressed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the hard way. I know I'm smiling right now, but the light inside me is dying. So we covered the song pretty well here. I feel like as as well as we can, because that there isn't well, there's some few visuals here and there, but since it hasn't been played live, we, we really only have our own interpretations here. But have you guys got any last thoughts you wanna wanna bring up to the table here before we, we wrap this episode? Yeah, I just I just wanted to say that like circling back to like uh, the whole like how how the fans see the band versus how they see themselves or like their their songs and the writing. The whole, even when you were right, you were wrong. It don't matter, don't matter to me. That just makes me think of like us going into the lyrics, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's Spot your on. interpretation. It's correct yeah. if you want it mm-hmm. to be, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what that's the, exactly yeah what that means. <laughs> I think so. Like Yona says, you know, it doesn't really matter what it, he means about his lyrics. You know, it's it's up to each person. So. It's right. It might be right. It might be wrong. It doesn't matter. And that's the thing about art. Is it art if you cannot create a dialogue with the person who's viewing it? Like the urinal, one of the famous examples. Uh, I forget whose it was, but that created a dialogue. Hmm. And if 
you know, there, there are things like uh, precious moments where it's just like this cute little doodad. All right, this is it. That's the entire picture. There's no deeper meaning. It's a cute little picture and that's it. Yeah. Like, it, it's still technically art because we're discussing it, but we haven't gotten any anything from them since the b-sides from this right no yeah that's true like nothing no releases maybe some takis. i mean we had some shows oh yeah takis yeah we're, yeah we're takis, but that's it we don't have anything from you so yeah that's um it's been very quiet maybe yeah. after the touring what if seeing the next album will give any context to this like i feel like plus minus was not kind of a callback to kites but also very much not and it sort of spoke on how they work together now that johan has rejoined Mm -hmm. and now i wonder if we'll see a similar but also completely different because it doesn't seem like bo's ever coming back no but like some i wonder if the follow-up to this is going to be something not necessarily the opposite but a variation of plus minus, whether consciously or not. Yeah, Thomas and I had a discussion about this. Uh, yeah. We talked about what are we expecting from the next new album? Like, it's so up in the air, it feels like. We have no idea what it's going to sound like. It's. Yeah. I don't know if we actually knew anything before, you know, visuals came out. We were all, you know, for each new album, it's so uncertain. We don't know anything. But this one feels like even more so, because, like, this, they're still without bow. It's gonna, they're going to make a follow-up for visuals, it wasn't a big success, you know, visuals, I guess. Um, I mean, a lot of people like it, but it wasn't like, you know, Avengers or Kites or anything. So no. uh, how, are, how are they going to you know, follow this up? Are they going to try and make, you know, a bigger, better album? Or are they going to be, is it going to be some of the same stuff again? Is it going to be a synth heavy again since they still don't have a, you know, a lead guitarist? So. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. I mean, I'd like to see the long form songs return. I've always been a sure, yeah, a sucker for Same. like, yeah, good progressive. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want to say it's progressive, but it is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Some of the songs are for sure. I mean, Kites is the first time I ever like. I've you know we've had favorite bands in high school and middle school or whatever, but then like, I hear the Zookeeper's Boy and like uh, you probably heard my my interview from before but like just the first time i ever was just like whoa holy Mm -hmm. shit yeah yeah i want to feel that from them again and not just like feel their you know fresh wound of their friend leaving like that that has had time to heal now and so they can go back to doing other things (laughs) let's hear a space opera (laughs) yeah (laughs) and go that'd be cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the guest guest uh, appearance by Robin. Oh yeah, <laughs> wasn't that our? Uh... That was one of our That'd hopes. Cool. Our little dream of that. Yeah, that would be really cool. And like, or or my mine uh, is also Susanne Sunfer, like one of a Norwegian singer, one of my favorite artists. And I would just, I feel like she would be perfect on a new album. But I don't know if mm. they know each other or anything. So. I was kind of thinking, what if they, I, I don't know, if they did a collaboration with Caro Caro Benito, that would be ridiculous. First you fall down, then you jump back up again. Find your rhythm, momentum is the key. It's so easy, anyone can trampoline. So jump in up the you can see the whole wide world. When you're ready, mix it up, try it. 
I think they should bring back Mari Helgelikova. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond her grave. Maybe they could use their crystal ball to like do a seance <laughs> yeah. and bring her back from the grave. First song recorded with a real ghost. Yes. <laughs> that would definitely get some attention, wouldn't it? <laughs> bring them back on the map of the uh, popular artist. Yeah. <laughs> Touring from beyond the grave every yeah. show. Yep. Yeah. You wanted visuals? Here's your visuals. <laughs> Ghost Ooh. in the machine. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Next album is called Seance. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Called it. <laughs> what if the next album is You Guys Were Right? <laughs> no, that's the uh, opening song. <laughs> <laughs> and the last ones you were wrong <laughs> and it keeps getting more and more meta and we keep layering on top of layers on top of layers yeah layer oh, cake and they uh, they do a re they reimagine how it, things turn out to be <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh the greatest song ever made <laughs> yep they release this song and it's just called it's not that deep <laughs> <laughs> put that all the puddle. lyrics all the lyrics are like in the abyss of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a Hemingway reference. <laughs> yeah, the next album will be interesting. Maybe they'll do a rap record. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> I, I hope so. Black metal. <laughs> Black oh, metal. Yeah. Yeah. Black metal. Rap I don't know. Da- Danish rappers make me laugh because the way the language <laughs> yeah. sounds in rap form it does not work. <laughs> it just does not yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Guest starring Lil Nas X. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm expecting them to bring back new metal. That's my, my wish. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, have any of you uh, changed your opinion on this song? Do you do you dislike it a lot more now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it even more. I feel like uh, I definitely, uh, you know, yeah. Talking about the lyrics, we, I don't know if we know what the lyrics are about totally yet, but I feel like it's yeah. I feel like I know them more now. I have a better clue now, and I love this song a lot. And I'm gonna listen to it after this again. I think I'm in the same boat as Advar. Uh, still love the song big ap- appreciation for the lyrics again thanks guys for like uh, analyzing them because i'm terrible at that so yeah uh, i'm probably gonna listen to it too yeah i think i'm still pretty much the same like positively neutral towards it i like it i don't think it's their best work but it's a good song for the album um yeah yeah it's about about the same but i think there's a bit more of appreciation to like like all the things we've discussed um, in this episode. I guess that's us then. I want to say thank you for making it this fine to our show. We'll be back again next Monday, as usual, with another great track. Do remember to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can follow Muex on social media, where the handle is MuexInfo or the website Muex.info. Here you can find everything new related and all the previous episodes of this beautiful podcast. Thank you, guys, and uh, thank you, guests, for joining us, Nico and Joey. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.